on this episode of Why Watch That. And we do have to say that if you're a fan of 80s rock music, there oh. is a special cameo that you don't want to miss. That's the lure. Ooh, okay. <laughs> this last episode, you must watch because it's about voting. Who binged it? Uh. And, oh, you gotta watch it. I uh. can't believe it. I'm just wondering who that person was because look, everybody, welcome. That's all I have to say to all of you. That intro music, I was like, yo, I'm back. It's <laughs> 85 and I'm sitting there watching something I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That Sneak Peek. Hey everybody, oh my goodness, the critic and I got a chance to see a sneak peek of a new movie coming out this Friday, yes, the 14th, called Ordinary World, and it stars some pretty familiar people. First of all, it was written and directed by Lee Kirk, and it stars, uh, if you're a child of the 90s, or not even a child of the 90s, if you just like 90s music, <laughs> Billy Joe Armstrong! Yes, Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong, who plays the lead. Um, Selma Blair, along with Judy Greer. Dallas Roberts makes an appearance. Chris Messina. Fred Armisen. It just goes on and on. I think we need to talk about this film. Yeah, so Billy Joe Armstrong plays a character that you won't be surprised he's playing. A former rock and roller, essentially. They start uh, 20 years ago when he's in his band with Fred Armisen uh, and others, which is hilarious. It's in black and white. Okay. We shuttle forward, and now it's his 40th birthday coming. And he has a wife, played by Selma Blair, and a daughter, played by young Madison Shipman. So he is working in a store that was owned by his father. The father passed it on to he and his brother. His brother played by Chris Messina. Uh, but really, it's a hardware store. He doesn't know what he's doing in the store. He knows nothing about the products, etc., etc. So he is essentially taking care of his daughter while his wife works. She's an attorney. And he's trying to keep up with his music. While Unsuccessfully. Yes, uh, trying. <laughs> okay, that's the backstory. Now, what happens in the plot is he's supposed to pick up a new guitar for his daughter. She has a recital. But his 40th birthday is today, right? And his wife doesn't remember. So, you know, he's not feeling too good about that. So he decides to have a little party for himself because something happens at work that leads to him going away for the day. He goes to this hotel. He gets the presidential suite. And we get, uh, you know, the hotel worker of all hotel workers telling him, look, you better not mess up this room. He invites some friends. We know what happens. More people come. Friends invite friends and goes on and on. Meanwhile, his wife's parents are waiting for him to open up their home home so they can go in. So there's all of these things going on. He forgets all of his responsibilities while he's enjoying himself. Along the way, he meets... An uh, old flame. Yeah, so 
there's something going on there and she wants him to come back into music. She has a proposition for him. So the question is, will he ignore his familial responsibilities and go back to his music life or will he stick with his family? And let me just say overall, this is a teen comedy without teens. That's what it is. Okay, it hits all of those familiar plot points. It's just that he's 40 instead of 16. There you are. You know what? There is. It was fun to see some of the performances from the various people. Like you said, there's Fred Armisen, who does Fred Armisen. He plays the friend who's the rocker, who's like, come on, man, let's party. Yeah. Um, not the good influence. And then obviously um, his brother, who is the straight-laced. You also see some development there, whether or not he should be a part of the business or not. There's some questions raised there. And then, of course, the parents who his... Uh, in-laws. His in-laws, who believe he's an eternal screw up (laughs) but by the time you get to the end you'll find that what happens is probably what you think will happen yeah really no surprises there but what i will say is that i was surprised that billy could hold an entire movie now whether it's perfectly done or whether there were some moments that were really challenging for the most part he had he was in just about every single scene and if you're a fan of green day and if you're a fan of just you know, wanting to celebrate punk music because a lot of the music, I think all of the music he wrote for this project. Yeah. It's a great movie to just pop in, laugh at people making fun of themselves and jokes if you think it's funny. But it's also kind of cool to see maybe one of your idols on the other side of the camera just acting and, and making some decisions that you probably would think he would make in dealing with his lifestyle. So I, I didn't mind it. It wasn't something that I'll probably like pop in again, but it was entertaining. Yeah, I completely agree. It definitely was not a perfect film, even a perfect, in quotes, teen comedy. (laughs) It had its challenges. But yes, like you said, you know, for Billy Joe Armstrong playing his character, it makes a lot of sense. It's really playing himself. And he does that really well. That's not necessarily an easy thing to do. He knows what he's doing in regards to that character. So I did appreciate it. Plus, if you're a Green Day fan, if you like his music, you're going to get, like you said, some of that. And they're not throwaway songs. No. Yeah, the title track is actually on Green Day's new album, uh, which just released. So, you know, I enjoyed some of the music just listening to that. His daughter, her whole thing, that was nicely done. Oh, and we do have to say that if you're a fan of 80s rock music, there Uh, is a special cameo that you don't want to miss. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And that's the lure. Ooh, okay. (laughs) This is something, because it's available on demand as well, that you can, you know, just watch if you're feeling nostalgic, you want to see Billy great it's not gonna be something where you go oh why did i watch that it's not gonna be great but it'll be pleasant that was enough for me actually well you can catch ordinary world in theaters like the critic said this friday or you can wait and watch it on demand at the same time regardless you just may have a a a nice little time reminiscing about green day (laughs) (laughs) The Why Watch That Talk. Well, 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 listeners, let me tell you, TV is coming back with a fury. And we have yet to talk about these returning TV shows. Yes, the old faithful ones, whether it's season two or season six. We here at Why Watch That are going to keep you up to date on these returning TV shows. Huh. Well, I guess we have to now after that. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's right. Now, it's no secret 
about secret and lies. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're starting off with that one because we need to, to get on with it. Last season, we saw a different man on the chopping block. But this year, season, we got pretty eye Michael Ely on the chopping block. And uh, is it still worth the watch? I don't know, critic. But still, this is an anthology, essentially. So uh, Juliette Lewis still plays the detective who thinks everyone's guilty. Just everybody. doesn't matter. To her. So Ryan Phillippe's character in the first season, she, um, I think, got him locked up, but he was actually innocent. So now in this season, it's Michael Ely who's accused, or she thinks, I'll say, uh, possibly killed his wife who fell off of a building to her death. Uh huh. So we will find out. Now, the whole thing here is, you know, he's rich this time. His father is, uh, 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 everybody, hold yourselves here. His I'm holding it. <laughs> is, is Terry O'Quinn, okay? He has a sister who's a, a defense attorney, so she's oh. in the mix. So, you know, for me, I, I just, I, I can't. Terry O'Quinn did it. He did it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I just can't with this show. Uh, it's beginning a little better than the first season, but, you know. Hey. Oh, maybe you could give it another crack. Let's talk about The Last Man on Earth on Fox. Uh-oh. Um, now, we have grown each season thinking he was the last man on Earth then thinking he's the last man on Earth, and now the show's title has expanded indeed. Yeah, it's, he's not the last anything on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so in this season, we found out what happened to his brother at the end of the previous season, which was not good, and we know that there's a villain in the midst. Now, do they know who this guy is? Is he going to show his true colors? Has he changed or not? Hmm, we'll have to find out. So more and more people are coming aboard, but will they stay or will they go? You've got to watch to find out. You know, I remember you saying you liked a certain entrance of a character, so... <laughs> there, was a, there was an interesting guest star, okay, that they threw in early on for January Jones to kill. That's all. <laughs> Younger is back. Um, we definitely want to highlight the fact that you, this is one of your palate cleansers. You really enjoy it. I will start it. She's She's back and she's not out there yet. She's still, what, 26, 27 at this point? Pretending to be. That's right. So she's a 40-year-old pretending to be, well, she was 40, uh, pretending to be 26. Uh, maybe she's 27 by now. Who knows? But she, I think she's still 26. And, you know, she's in the publishing world. She's moving up in that world. She has a boyfriend who's 26, but he knows her true age. Oh. Whoa. Now the question is, who's going to find out this season? Who else? And will she be able to handle the pressure? Because her great friend, who's 26, played by Hilary Duff, still doesn't know. And a catastrophe happened to Hilary Duff's fiance at the end of last season. And her fiance's twin brother is now out and about. The question is, will he find out? So it's all of these things going on with her. I'm still enjoying it. You know what? I'm, I definitely am going to get to it. I've heard more than my fair share of people praising this. Now, we both have seen and are caught up with Dark <laughs> on PBS. Now, this is not just a palate cleanser. This is a dirty secret that you, you watch. <laughs> it's not dirty, but... It, it depends. Some of the people are dirty. <laughs> So Paul Dark, of course, is a period piece on PBS for us in the States. Uh, it's starring Aiden Turner as the titular character. And at the beginning of this season, he is on trial. He is. And he's about to get hanged. Whoa. His arch nemesis is after him. He is stacking the deck 
to get him dead. But we all know it's Paul Dark. We all know what's going to happen. His wife is just all over the place trying to save him. We get the seascape. We get the wind. We get all of the Calgon take me away moments. Another surprise from his wife. Uh oh. Uh oh. Again, if you want to catch Paul Dark, that's on PBS. It really is a wonderful little just mindlessly watch it. You stuff. called it ham and cheese. That's what you said. No, they put they, they had ham, but now they <laughs> added the cheese to the ham. Um, or vice versa. Let's move on to ABC, and they've got a star-studded evening on Thursdays. Of course, they start every Thursday with Grey's Anatomy, and this is its, what, 85th season at this point? <laughs> I believe it's the 13th. <laughs> you know what? For me, Grey's Anatomy is really still doing pretty well. I got to give it to them. Uh, they started this season, ref, with one of our favorite characters, an originating character, Look, the repercussions are coming after him. He might be locked up. He might not be a doctor anymore. Um, We understand why from the uh, end of the last season, the 12th season, and we're moving forward. So the first three episodes really have been following that. I think two was enough. Now for the third one, they need to move on. Mm. And I'm sure they will. Again, for me with this show, it's the cast. They just cast it really well. They know what they're doing. It's a well-oiled machine. It is what it is. Yeah, and it, and in my opinion, you really can't just dip into this. You really need to start with the first and work your way through it. And you're going to go through the ride with these people. So it may, may be a good watch for you. How to get away with murder. <laughs> Viola is back and some secrets have come out. We know some things now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't watch it, so I... I I have to rely on you. You know what? I, honestly, I don't watch it either, everybody. Now, I, I dip in and out. Now, I got to tell you this. I started watching this new season going, okay, let's see if they're going to refresh things. It's the same old, same old. It's, you know, a bunch of hot air. We've got Viola really bringing it to a story, in my opinion, that doesn't even need it. And, uh, you know, now it's like, oh, we, you know, we're not bad people. We're, you know, we're good people. You know, get it together to all of her students in the class. They're all jaded. And I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on to the blacklist on NBC. That's really NBC's first hit in a couple of years, mm. thanks to James Spader. But is it enough for you to watch scenes without him? Well, you know, our favorite character, Lizzie, they keep evolving her character. She's no longer the goody two. Is she his daughter or not? Well, you find out the answer. So you're jumping the gun. See that? Now, you know, she's evolving. The guy that she was married to who was really a spy, now they really are together. They try to uh, save their baby from Red. They planned this whole elaborate thing where they're de- where she's dead, but she's not. And now everybody's upset about it. The people at her uh, unit are upset. They're not okay. But she has found out the truth about her mother and has she found her father? That's what's happening in this season. And if it's her father, how does he relate to Red? They are not simpatico. Okay? Uh-oh. So we will continue to see the evolution. Plus, we know that Raymond Red Reddington, played by the wonderful James Spader, will take out his gun and shoot you. He shot one of the main characters, but is she dead or alive? Oh, oh boy, they like to revive people on that show. Blind Spot, also on NBC, is back. Finally, we're getting some answers and some new characters, some familiar faces. If you listen to this podcast, is mm. now on Blind Spot, and we're excited about it. Yes, uh, you know, Archie Punjabi has taken over from Marielle Jean Baptiste's character. Ooh, oui, so two British uh, gals swapping <laughs> roles here. Yeah. And she's a welcome addition. Um, what we found in this season is more about the main character played by Jamie Alexander. Have we found her family? Oh, 
she, we find out, has a brother. She has a mother, I'm saying in quotations. Mm. And the thing is, how do they relate to her backstory, to her losing her memory, to what she's doing? Whose side is she on in regards to either the FBI or that organization that's trying to overthrow the government, we think. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So you got to watch it to find out. I think, you know what, starting this season, Raph, they found a nice balance for them, for this mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. So I like the show. I like where they are for this show. And let me just say, now that I'm going here, everybody, all of this stuff is why watch that. It doesn't mean that we love it. We're giving you where these shows are going. And, you know, for me, TV, network TV is a little weak right now. But Blind Spot can entertain you. American Horror Story on FX, Roanoke, is back. And this is its additional installment. Now, remember, this is also an anthology, so you're not going to get that through line of, of storytelling from season to season. But you will see familiar faces each season. And Sarah Paulson was on Jimmy Fallon, and she says something happens to her character that is catastrophic. Oh. So you have to pay attention when that comes up. Yeah, now this season of American Horror Story is like true crime. If you watch those series, everybody, where they reenact what really happened, but they show the real people talking about it, that's exactly what it is. And from the beginning, I was really amused by that. So they added Cuba Gooding Jr. and Andre Holland to the cast. Andre Holland plays the real guy, supposedly, and Cuba Gooding Jr. plays the reenactment actor of him. And we have Sarah Paulson as a reenactor. We have Lily Rabe as the real. We have Angela Bassett as a reenactor. We have Adina Porter from Underground and other shows as the real. So it was fun watching that. Kathy Bates is in the woods looking like she's lost, but she's not. I mean, you know, you know what you're going to get. They're in a farmhouse this time that is haunted, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for me, it was a good beginning, but for this show, I just can't keep watching it. It loses my interest after a while. I would have liked it if they had a different crime every episode, but they don't. Fine. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to ABC's Blackish. It's a palate cleanser and it also gets your mind going and you can pick it up at any point. At the beginning of the third season, we're, of course, um, going to Disneyland or Disney oh. World. And those who you think would enjoy it are the ones who don't. And those who you think would enjoy it uh, are the ones who do. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's just to get you reacquainted with the family. By the time you get to episode two and three, remember there's a bun in the oven. There's a new family um, forming in oh. the mother. And she's preggers. And how does Dre deal with that? Not successfully most of the time. <laughs> and this last episode... I will have to say to close, you must watch because it's about voting. And the way they dealt with um, racism and the way they dealt with the N-word and the way they dealt with um, police brutality, you'll have to see how they deal with voting and how and where black folks stand and who really is for Trump in the House. You be Well, you may not be surprised. I know who it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely check out um, Blackish. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Moving on to Fox. Uh-oh. Cookie mm. and Lucius is back on Empire. Yeah. And they're taking names. <laughs> they are fine. You know, we talked about their second season, which we really didn't enjoy. Um, I thought that it was too spread out. They have them all over the place, not under one roof, clawing at each other. This season, they're back under the same roof, 
in the same company, Cookie versus Lucius, Lucius versus Boo Boo Kitty, Boo Boo Kitty versus the world, okay, killing people. Uh, we got uh, Lucius's half-brother who's investigating him with the FBI, supposedly, so that's why he married Boo Boo Kitty. We got uh, Cookie and Tay Diggs now. Are they going to get together? We know Felicia Rashad later on will show up as his mother. We've got Leslie Uggams back as uh, Lucius's uh, mother. We've got the kids they're going nuts you know uh the the singing guy can't get it together he has ptsd from being shot by frida gatz who's in prison i mean this is what we're talking about and i started laughing again at this show because of all of that terrence howard in the last episode had some great stuff (laughs) of course yeah she's gonna deliver Mm -hmm. i tell you what um we talked about that showrunner admitted that they really needed to get things back on track so that's exactly what you're seeing listen everybody spring has sprung it's done summer bye-bye fall is here and you may want to get hopping on your television queue because it's going to steamroll ahead of you if you don't thank you for tuning in to why watch that remember we've got you covered you can come to us did you know part one I have a did you know. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, yeah, I do. And this is all about a little movie, not, that's coming out this Friday called The Accountant. Ooh, Ben Affleck. Uh Uh-huh. Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we are supposed to be going to see this uh, sometime soon. Oh. Now, which star of The Accountant planned to be a singer and composer before becoming an actor. Ooh, I think I have some ideas, but you're probably trying to trick me, so let me think about it first. (laughs) This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days. And get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. It would make sense for me. Here we go. Here we go with the (laughs) It would make sense for me to say Anna Kendrick. We all know that she can sing. That's right. It's perfect. I mean, it goes on and on. We know that she's musical. So but what's I your guess? guess? No, J.K. Simmons <laughs> has to be the one since he played in Whiplash. <laughs> oh, 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 I get that connection. But it's probably Jeffrey Tamor because he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably John Lithgow. That's what it is. <laughs> you are all over the place. Well, I'll tell you, one of those names is the correct one. And it is... Drumroll, please. Oh, Whiplash, J.K. J.K. Simmons, that's right. He actually, ref, has a B.A. in music. Yes, he does. That totally makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And here's what's going to get you. He played Captain Hook and Mr. Darling opposite Kathy Rigby in the revival on Broadway and tour of Peter Pan. Get out. He was in the 1992 Broadway revival of Guys and Dolls. Yes, he was. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes, I know. And just to end it here on a side note, he's the voice of the yellow Eminem, if you didn't know in those TV All right, well, there you are. That's it. I'm done. I'm over. It's uh, it's, just count it all in the account. Back to why watch that. Ooh-wee, we got our guest star back, launch, sick, 
<laughs> oh my gosh, we are back. Okay, first of all, welcome back, Lawrence. Thank you. It is amazing to think about the surprise hits of 2016. We're not just talking about film at this point. We will be talking about it, but we're talking about Stranger Things on Netflix has taken everybody by storm. Everybody's talking about it. And one of the aspects that they're talking about is how nostalgic it is. It really is a melting pot of every 80s movie that you've loved. As a yeah. <laughs> Even starring Winona Ryder. <laughs> An 80s star, you can't get better than that. And Matthew Modine. I mean, look. Now, who was on this podcast talking about this oh, before it blew up? Who binged it uh, and said, oh, you've got to watch it. I uh, can't believe it. I'm just wondering who that person was. Because, look, everybody, welcome. That's all I have to say to all of you. Welcome. Yes, <laughs> the critic was on that tip a while back, you know. Thank you for that. Uh, okay, so what's the verdict on Stranger Things? How did it affect you? What? What? How did it get you thinking about your childhood in the eighties? I absolutely loved it, and I'm I'm with the critic on this one. From the poster, from just the font that I first saw before it even dropped, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is bringing me back." And then watching it, I mean, you know, when we were kids, we got on our bikes and we hoped to find an adventure like that. We were wishing <laughs> to stumble across something like that. <laughs> And to watch it, and just to watch all the movies they, they they paid homage to, and just those kids, man, it just brought me back. The music, that intro music, I was like, yo, I'm back. It's <laughs> 85, and I'm sitting there watching something I'm not supposed to. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I'm so excited for the second season. Um, I, I just, I can't wait to watch it. It's It's, it's the most fun I've had watching anything film or tv this this year and and a little more fun than people versus oj which you know i love <laughs> i'll even say i had a little more fun with stranger things <laughs> just a little bit more fun. <laughs> well i tell you what for, for the for the critic to say he had fun that it must be really really good because he is dark heart um <laughs> by the way dark heart great uh care bears going camping I know y'all saw that. Wow. Right? You really pulled that out. Yeah, with the totem pole and all of that. Yes. Yes, yes. Care Bears, care. Oh, my God, I love that. I, 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 you know what? That is, a, that is a metaphor for life. If you guys ever need to know a metaphor for life, watch Care Bears camping. Okay, wait. Let's move back. We're going to talk. Okay, so we love Stranger Things. We're going to talk a little bit today about how the 80s, and especially the movies affected us. We're going to highlight those movies that are, it's going to be a personal podcast. We're putting all our stuff out there. Oh. And, uh, mm. and it doesn't have to be great. <laughs> it just has to be, you just have to justify why it affected you and, and all of that. So I'm going to start. Y'all both know my show. And I'm talking about the movie Clue. Hello! Hello! Oh. <laughs> Look, I think Clue is banned from this podcast from now on. <laughs> It comes up a lot. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Do you guys understand the caliber of comedians on that movie? Yeah. You have Madeline Kahn. First of all, being Mrs. White. You got Tim Curry doing his best work. 
Why, why doesn't he do his best work? Tim Curry is Tim Curry. <laughs> that is his best work ever. I mean, I can I can quote this movie. The, the fact of the matter is, Clue came on HBO like every five seconds. It really did. It was one of those movies that every time you turned on HBO, it was on all the time. Why is it on? But not only that, I went to the movie theater to see this. And, you know, Clue, if you don't know, it's based on the board game. And it has multiple endings. And I have watched the movie so many times, I even own it, so many times that I've watched, for the entire movie, each character. So I'll watch it one time, just watching Miss Scarlet. I've watched it, I mean, literally, I don't care if it's the cook, I won't watch it. it, I've watched that movie probably, I'm not kidding, close to 200 times. And I can quote it entirely. I kind of want to. My God, does it matter? Let him stay locked up for another half an hour. The police will be here by then, and there are two dead bodies in the study. <laughs> How do you have the exact cadence, though? Like the exact- <laughs> All right, guest. I know what your first one's going to be. You know this about me, referee, that I heart Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Is my jam. I mean... Because this, this gets real personal for me, right? Because it's about a young Michael J. Fox who is average. He does everything average, you know? He doesn't have anything that's great about him. You know, he has this wonderful best friend, Goof, who's his best friend. But he wants Goof. He wants to be with the most popular girl in school. But he's just, he can't. And then he stumbles upon this ability he has. And he gets all this fame and fortune. But nobody really cares who he really is. In the end, he finds out that he can just be himself. And he's in love with his best friend. And I'm like, man, that got me through. I don't care what y'all, I don't care what any one of y'all say. That got me through life. Yes. You gotta go with the flow, Joe. Look, Teen Wolf, we all know and that is a classic, period. End of story. Now, Teen wait, Wolf wait, wait. 2, I don't know. Oh, Justin Bateman, I'm sorry. We love you, bro, and everything else you've done. But Teen Wolf 2, we're going to have to have you take this. Yeah. Um, wait, but you have to tell them what every, every, every day of your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every day. It's kind of crazy. Every day I think about Teen Wolf. In some ways, <laughs> Teen Wolf comes up in my mind every single day. And the referee... Doesn't help. She doesn't help. Wolf. Anyway, she'll go wolf. All <laughs> right. I mean, you talk about Clue. I burned through Team Wolf. Oh, that's a good burn. That's a good. You burn. know what? You two are changing my list because of where you're going. Oh, since, oh, I got something else for you, but go ahead, drop yeah. it, bro. Since we're starting with you know things that we watched over and over and over again, I think everybody knows about me that I've watched Lean on Me. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to drop it that soon. Oh, man. Yeah, see, y'all, I said y'all changed it on me. I actually didn't even have it on my list because I said, you know, I've talked about it too much. But we look, we've got to go to Lean On Me from 1989. The great Morgan Freeman, his best performance. <laughs> I don't care what anybody has to say, okay? Shawshank was... Okay, I got down to my knees and I said, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, quickly, if you don't know, he plays a principal, a real life principal, 
Um, and it's in New Jersey. And they had a problem in the high school. He was brought in to clean it up. And boy, did he. Okay. Mm-hmm. His own way. <laughs> yes. I always say the great Roger Ebert said that he was a martinet. Okay. <laughs> so that is the man we're dealing with here. And we have the great Lynn Figpin as the villain. <laughs> okay. Some of those kids are smart. Okay, you remember that. I will I will beat the streets. streets. Yes. Okay, you got to get reelected. <laughs> okay, I will organize. So everyone, oh my, oh my and my favorite <laughs> talking to Beverly Todd, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous right now. Oh my gosh. But hey, listen, you you guys know Michael Imperioli was <laughs> made his yeah. What the kids? He was expurgated. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay, we're gonna switch it up just a little bit. Oh. But I don't think you're ready for this. Mm. Crawl. Wait, did you say crawl? What? <laughs> it's not my time. It is very personal. I wanted that boomerang sword thing that he had. I don't even know if I know what this is. Yes, you do! Well, see, this is confusing because there are lots of movies like it. So there's like Conan (laughs) the Barbarian. Right. There's like Legend. And it's all in that land. No. (laughs) Kroll, when he has to stick his hand inside of the living, breathing rock... To retrieve that sword. Oh, man, this movie freaked me out. It's That's one of the 80s movies that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I used to love watching that. And for that reason, Lawrence, because I was freaked out by it. I was like, what is happening right now? My little eyes were just open. And I had seen Conan. Why? I don't know. I snuck. I had seen Legends. Why? I don't know. I'd seen Labyrinth. It was Krull who kept me coming back. I could not. Look away. Liam Neeson is in this. <laughs> I know! That's what I thought. <laughs> Listen, y'all need to watch that again because they were acting. If you don't know, it's about, it's basically every movie ever. It's about a guy who doesn't know his own strength and power. He's the chosen one. He needs to save this world from these evil terrors. So he is part of this lineage of legends. And the only way they really know that is the power of this boomerang sword <laughs> that he cuts up people with. All kind of things. <laughs> Y'all didn't know that. See, I've never said that on this podcast, and that was a shock. I am for the critic. shocked. I am <laughs> shell shocked. <laughs> all right, next. Y'all need to watch that. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I know all about Crawl. It's just I haven't heard it in like 15 years. <laughs> I, I know nothing about Crawl. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for my education. <laughs> so if we're going down that road, if we're going to go down that road. Uh-oh. Yeah, here we go. Obscure okay. road. Have you seen The Wraith, though, for real? The Wraith. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Oh, man. This dude is with this girl, and he, like, dies, right? And he comes back to life as Charlie Sheen. He's in high school, and he has this kind of car, and he kind of dons this costume where he just seeks revenge on all the people who killed him while also getting closer to the woman that he loved, but she doesn't recognize him because he's now Charlie Sheen. And he's like going around cleaning everyone. Ron Howard's brother's in it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Clint Howard. Howard. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. I mean, the wraith is my jam. Wow. I need to figure out what's going on here because I don't know anything about Craig, Have you seen the wraith? You've seen no, the wraith. No, he hasn't seen it. You know what? I think I have seen the wraith. Oh. And now that I'm looking at it, but it, it wasn't something I watched a lot. But I remember this Charlie Sheen movie. I do remember it. And I think I, I, now both of you are shocking me. <laughs> <laughs> and now, the pick of the week. Oh, my goodness. The critic has a pick of the week this week. I do? And Yeah, I heard. I heard. It's none other than 2009's Up in the air it is directed by jason ritman who did oh my gosh juno young adult and um has you know directed oscar nominated performances so on and on with that it is written by jason as well as sheldon turner Mm. Uh, it's based on a novel from walter kern it also stars everybody you ever love Clooney, Vera Farmiga, Anna Kendrick, Jason Bateman. You've got J.K. Simmons, Sam Elliott. How can you? What? what? Yeah. And Oh, tell us about this movie. And that last name, if you didn't get it, was Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> so George Clooney plays um, an HR consultant, meaning he's an expert at going into other people's jobs and firing them. Yeah. That sounds like something you would do, critic. Oh, that is so harsh and so untrue. I want you to enjoy it. <laughs> so, Up in the Air is about all of the time he spends traveling in planes. You know, he's a frequent flyer. He has all of these points and he's waiting to get enough points to have his name on the plane, to have, be greeted by the pilot, all of that, okay? So that's him. He lives a very buttoned-up life. He has one suitcase, and he goes around, actually, with a talk about this one suitcase. Anna Kendrick plays a rookie. She comes in, and she needs to be trained by him. And, of course, she does everything wrong. He has to show her the ropes. Along the way, he meets up with Vera Farmiga, who's another frequent flyer. She's not in their business, though. And there's a little bit of romance that's uh-uh. akin to their now, his sister is getting married, so there's something going on with the family here that happens once that wedding commences. And he's a part of that, and he brings Vera Farmiga with him. The thing is, at the end, everybody, will he remain the same kind of guy, living a Spartan lifestyle, enjoying traveling, and really looking at other people like, come on, you need to understand what the real world is? Or will the romance, will his sister's wedding, will... Anna Kendrick's character's influence affect him. And will all of the people that he fires, and I'll tell you this, a lot of those people they used were people who were really fired. So they got a chance to say what they really wanted to say in real life on film. Wow, there you are. Yeah, then you also have actors doing it, like Zach Galifianakis and J.K. Simmons. So it's a nice mix there. Well, all of those people affect him and change him. You have to watch it to find out there's some twists and turns involved. Well, we like it when George Clooney's involved in twists and turns. He's so good at it. Again, this is up in the air. I'm sure you can rent it somewhere um, on Amazon and enjoy a little bit of... uh, Mystery for Mr. Clooney. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.